thank you all for being here. And we're going to go to our last panel, panel D, uh, New York State Election Commissioner Association, uh, Dustin Zarni, the Democratic Caucus Chair, Fair Elections for New York, Karen Wharton, Democratic Coalition Coordinator, League of Women Voters, Erica Schmidtke, Deputy Director, and Brendan Center for Justice at NYU, Joanna Zani's Senior Counsel. So if you, if you can go in that, that order, starting with the uh, Democratic caucus chair. Justin. Commissioner Association. But today, in my... Uh, uh, can the people leaving please... Uh, I'm sorry, too. Can the, happy to wait. The voices carry if, if people can just leave quietly. They're very excited for my testimony today, is what I believe. I'm not, I think they're excited because this is the last panel. Well, that might be. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start again, if that's okay. My name's Dustin Zarni. I'm the Democratic uh, Caucus Chair for the New York State Elections Commissioner Association. Uh, however, today I'm testifying on behalf of the entire association, as everything that I'm testifying uh, for today is approved by both the Republican and Democratic Caucus. Uh, our association represents all 62 counties in New York State and the bipartisan elections commissioners that run the Board of Elections. We enter a very hectic and challenging year in 2024. And let me set the stage for some of the requests that we're going to ask for. In 2024, this presidential election, we are going to see a significant amount of voters that have not voted in person since 2016. As we know, in presidential elections, there are presidential-only voters, and many of those vote, voters voted in 2020 via mail ballots who will now be going back to voting in person. This uh, presents an enormous challenge for boards of elections, as we are also dealing with a lot of new reforms that we have to inform these voters of and prepare our offices for. We want to applaud Governor Hochul for including in her executive budget $14 million for replacement of electronic poll books. This is vital. Uh, in 2019, uh, when we went to electronic poll books, uh, those fifth generation or sixth generation iPads, those are now starting to age out. And in fact, Apple has told us that the next version of iOS, iOS 18, will, uh, will not support the fifth or sixth generation iPads. In layman's terms, they're too old. They need to be replaced. So the $14 million that Governor uh, Hochul put in her budget will help replace those before the 2025 June primary, and that is why it's needed in this year's budget. However, NYSECA would like to ask for an additional $10 million that is left out of Governor Hochul's budget in aid to localities funding 
that will aid county boards of elections. This money will be used for temporary workers for the 2024 election to be able to address that surge in uh, voting that we are going to have and especially have this presidential election as opposed to the last couple of presidential elections. With early voting by mail, uh, expanded early voting hours, and also uh, a 10-day registration uh, limit, these are all things that we are going to uh, address in a, uh, a presidential election for the first time. And this $10 million in extra funding that we were requesting distributed by the State Board of Elections based on voter population will allow the counties to have the flexibility they need to meet the, the needs that you, the legislature, have asked us to do in this upcoming presidential election. So thank you. Karen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chairs Kruger and Weinstein, uh, my assembly member. Sure. And members of the legislature. Good evening. My name is Karen Wharton, and I thank you for the opportunity to testify on behalf of the Fair Elections for New York Coalition. In her executive budget this year, Governor Kathy Hochul allocated $114.5 million to the public campaign finance program, the PCFP. Now, as budget negotiations are on the way, get on the way, we urge you to ensure the state's final budget matches the governor's allocation for the PCFP. This investment will help ensure that the program fulfills its promise to strengthen our democracy by elevating the voices of everyday New Yorkers in our political process and delivering on issues that matter most. Take housing. Albany's failure to address the housing crisis is largely due to the corporate real estate interests that rule the day, interests that spent over $8 million last year to defeat good cause that would have protected tenants from discrimination and helped keep New Yorkers housed. Corporate interests and the wealthy continue to spend huge sums on state elections, translating into disproportionate influence on our political process. According to the Brennan Center, 200 of New York's wealthiest residents contributed $16 million to the 2022 state elections. Meanwhile, over 200,000 New Yorkers who could only afford donations of $250 or less donated $13 million. So 200 gave much more than over 200,000. Now, if political contributions are a form of free speech, how can the poor and the working class be heard if the wealthy's big money drowns out their voices? Every voice should have an equal say. And while we cannot stop big money from putting its thumb on the scale, the way to counteract its corrosive influence is by having a robust system where small amounts of money from regular people count as much and are valued as much as the big checks. The PCFP does that. Candidates who rely on public funding may be more inclined to create more room in the budget for childcare workforce investment 
and less room for spending, uh, interest, uh, special interest spending and tax loopholes. Combined with voting reforms, the PCFP brings more people into the democratic process and protect our democracies from bad actors. Thank you Thanks. for the opportunity today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to testify today. My name is Erica Smitka, and I'm the deputy director of the League of Women Voters of New York State. The League is a nonpartisan grassroots organization with a mission to educate voters. The League is greatly appreciative of the legislature, uh, the improvements that the legislature and the governor have made to New York elections in recent years. We applaud the governor's executive budget for including adequate funding for the State Board of Elections and the Public Campaign Finance Board. Uh, however, many reforms have still not been sufficiently funded at the local level, especially in light of the fact that the 2024 presidential election will add additional stress on local boards of elections. Since the 2020 election, we've seen misinformation, disinformation, and denialism around our election process soar, while trust in our electoral process has only declined. In New York State, we have seen the proliferation of actions by bad actors looking to sow distrust in our election process, such as individuals falsely claiming to be representatives from the Board of Elections and intimidating voters going door to door or the increase in threats to election workers, making it difficult to retain staff and recruit poll workers. Our local boards are on the front lines of organizing and conducting our elections, educating voters, and addressing any logistical challenges. Investing in local boards of elections not only strengthens the democratic foundation of New York State, but it also reinforces public confidence in our electoral system. The funding proposed in this year's executive budget for boards of elections is quite similar to last year with funds set aside to invest in new electronic poll books, cover the cost of absentee and early vote by mail ballot postage. Uh, and while the cost to run elections varies county to county, it would be unreasonable to assume that counties can run almost twice as many races this year with similar amounts of funding from the state, uh, especially when a portion of those races will be state elected positions. Elections are often the last item on the list when it comes to county budgets and many county boards operate with limited resources. The League urges the legislature to seriously consider the cost of new election improvements when introducing their, your proposed budgets uh, and to consider setting up a yearly fund specifically dedicated to enhancing um, and supporting election reforms at the local level. We ask that a minimum of an additional $10 million in funding be allocated to county boards of elections so that they may make the upgrades necessary and hire the staff necessary to effectively run our elections in 2024. Lastly, we'd like to know our strong support for the $114.5 million allocated for the Public Campaign Finance Board. The funding for this program would ensure that it can level the playing fields, amplify the voices of small donors, and reduce the impact of wealthy special interest groups in New York State. We urge you to include the full $114.5 million in your One House budgets, and we urge you not to make changes to the program. Thank you. Joanna. Good afternoon to the chairs, ranking members, and members of the legislature. My name is Joanna Denise, and I'm senior counsel at the Brennan Center for Justice. I appreciate the opportunity to testify in support of funding for the state's public campaign finance program and other voting and elections infrastructure needs in this year's budget. We are grateful to this body for championing policies that break down barriers to the political process 
process and expand access to the vote. New York's leadership in fostering a stronger and more inclusive democracy has never been more urgent. That's why the Brennan Center enthusiastically supports the executive budget's provision of $114.5 million for the public campaign finance program. This program is the strongest response we've seen enacted anywhere in the country to counter the distorting influence of unlimited wealth in our politics. You passed this law with the promise of ensuring, quote, a government that is accountable to all of the people of the state, regardless of wealth or position. Now you are delivering on that promise, and that is to be commended. This program promises to dramatically increase the importance of everyday New Yorkers in our elections. Data shows that if the program had been in place in 2022, small donor share of funding in legislative races would have increased sixfold. Preliminary analyses of the current cycle show the trend of greater inclusion in our democracy that this legislature envisioned when it passed this law. To date, publicly financed candidates have raised a greater share of their campaign funds from small donors than at this point in the 2022 cycle. This is consistent with research that shows that public financing enables candidates to raise competitive sums while relying on small donors and to spend more time campaigning for support in their districts than fundraising from big donors. To date, more than 200 candidates from across the state and the political spectrum have enrolled in the program. As nonpartisan policy advisors to lawmakers nationwide, we know that other states are watching closely and looking to model their own pro-democracy reforms on New York's program. Fully funding this program is important to secure candidate and public confidence and ensure that this first run is successful. We ask you to reaffirm the commitment that you made to New Yorkers when you created this program by making sure that it's fully funded in this fiscal year. We also ensure you, uh, we also urge you rather to ensure sufficient funding to support the implementation of the important voting reforms that you've secured in recent years and make sure that boards of elections and the workers who are serving on the front lines of our democracy have the resources that they need to provide excellent voter service in this critical year. Thank you for your continued leadership in strengthening our democracy. We stand ready to help and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. So for questions, we go first to Assemblywoman Walker, Chair of the Assembly's Election Committee. So thank minutes. you. Thank you, Madam Chairwoman, women. Okay. Um, and thank you so much for your testimony today. Um, the New York Early Male Voter Act went into effect on January 1st of this year. The executive has proposed an additional funding of $7.7 .7 million for prepaid return postage for this program. The funding also includes the prepaid postage for absentee ballots. In your estimation, is this funding adequate to fund uh, prepaid return postage for both mail in voting for both mail in voting programs? Oh, there we go. Uh, yes, um, I believe that this is a good faith estimate in for covering both of those mail programs. It is really hard to estimate 
what the populace is going to do in this presidential election. Obviously, we saw extensive use of mail voting in 2020. Uh, the early vote by mail program with its universal approach should uh, be well used by the public. Uh, and I do note that yesterday's court ruling, making it constitutional, should ensure us to be able to uh, promote that uh, new feature to the public and, and use it. I believe it's a good estimate. We just probably won't know until uh, we get done with this in November around Thanksgiving time, how many people took advantage of this program. But we'll get a good idea over the first two primaries and comparing to previous primaries as well. Awesome. Mandatory training of poll workers and train the trainer programs will be implemented this year. The executive has provided funds to support the staff for these programs. In your estimation, are the funds provided to support the new employees sufficient and have local boards of elections voice any concerns regarding their ability to accomplish this new training? So it is my understanding that this training is going to be handled by the State Board of Elections. The funds are there for them to do that training. And, and we are going to send two representatives from each county to learn from them, get this train-the-trainer training, and then implement them into our current existing training programs, uh, which should not uh, add any cost to those programs. It's just making sure that the best practices are put forward in the training that we already do. So I do believe that uh, funding is adequate at this time. Awesome. And the last uh, question that I have is, the New York State Public Campaign Finance Program has recently been implemented. To date, um, are you aware of how many candidates have applied to participate in the program? Joanna. Um, and do you believe the program, how do you believe the program has fared so far? I'm going to defer to my just, colleagues just, on that. Just, just a, okay. a, a quick answer, and perhaps you'd like to follow up in, in writing to both the Assemblywoman and the committees. Sure. Uh, based on uh, the publicly available information, uh, over 205 have, uh, last I looked, uh, had uh, signed up for the program. Uh, and so we're encouraged, uh, we're pleased with the rate, uh, and as well as the demographics. Uh, it's upstate, downstate, uh, incumbents, challengers, uh, Republicans, uh, Democrats, everyone. So we're, we're pleased at this point. Thank, thank you. Uh, we go to the Senate, Senator May. Thank you, and thank you all for your testimony and your good work. Um, petitioning is about to start, and I represent a number of rural county, rural communities uh, where the weather can be terrible in March, and a lot of the petitioners are senior citizens, and it can be dangerous work. Uh, I've got some proposals to reduce the, the thresholds or to have uh, online petitioning. I've heard other proposals for just a fee to get on the ballot or uh, allowing local county committees to designate candidates. What is the best way to deal with petitioning in your view? So the association hasn't taken an official position, so anything that I uh, say is for my personal uh, position on this. I think we do need to take a hard look at petitioning as our only ballot access method. 
Uh, it is becoming harder and harder uh, to go to doors. Ring cameras are making it harder for volunteers to actually receive those signatures. Uh, you know, other states do a variety of different things. They have petition available, but they also have filing fees available. They also have uh, versions of online petitioning available. I think we should look at all of these methods uh, to provide as many pathways to getting on the ballot so the voters can have their choice in the primary and fall elections. Thank you. Uh, okay, then I have another question that maybe Dustin can't answer, but okay. right. in my county, uh, the county legislature is is talking about spending six figures to challenge the uh, the law that moved county and town elections to even years. Is that a good use of taxpayer money? Uh, does that will that promote more democracy or less democracy? Uh, I'll, I'm happy to answer this. Um, <laughs> It is my county, and it is my legislature, and as you know, may know, that the legislature actually shorted the board. taxpayer dollars. It's my taxpayer dollars, and the legislature also shorted the Board of Elections a million dollars off our bipartisan request for funding this election, yet they are putting in $100,000 of taxpayer money, at least, is what they're saying, to, uh, and they passed this today to, to start a lawsuit. Uh, I, these lawsuits are usually brought by political parties and not uh, taxpayer-funded uh, lawsuits, and I'm, I would love to see that money spent elsewhere. I have a lot of holes in my budget that I could fill with that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we go to the Assembly, Assemblyman Jacobson. Thank you all for your testimony. Um, I represent parts of three counties, Orange, Dutchess, and Ulster. The big difference is not the population. You have 400,000, 300,000, and about 200,000. The problem is, is that the county boards of election do not support the boards of elections in the same way. And so it's so important that we get the money from the state because as you mentioned, uh, because it was great, we're curing ballots. So once, once the boards got used to that and were able to get some people, now we're finally counting uh, most of the votes before election day. That means they had to take people off that and get more people. I'm proposing another 20 million that half would be for staff and half would be for equipment because most of the equipment was bought in around 2019 and then, and since then, you have all these updates. And I, I think that would be necessary and um, just, Real quick, you want to answer that? I've been done. What you think? I'll give you 50. You just say it's yes is fine, and that's good. Yeah, the Brennan Center certainly supports greater funding okay. for county boards of elections for personnel and for infrastructure costs. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. And it's hard to get inspectors. It seemed like when I was growing up, it was easier to get them at $35 a day. But at any rate, I think we have to consider raising that and getting the state to supply. Um, and I just want to get my personal opinion in concerning online petitioning. I think it would line us up to fraud so much, so easily. And I, I would, and I don't want us to be like New Hampshire and the other states where you pay $100 and you're on the ballot because then I think that by petitioning, it shows support in the community and it, and it means something because to have 20 people running for any office 
is not really a choice either. And, and you know, you get so many people, you don't know what's going on. So I, I, I would hope that all of you would consider that. And of course, my friend uh, Senator May and I will have a discussion later, but <laughs> it's not to get into a debate. It's just that I know what would happen. And I think it's important that we're in New York, we're different. You have to show support. And we've made it easy enough. And I, I really think that uh, that would be the way to go. If you want to comment on that, you may. If you don't want to comment, that's fine. Uh, well, I think like with any process that we put in place, sufficient fraud protections have to be put in place as well. I believe that we have really great minds here in the New York State Legislature. We could find a way to do this without having fraud. Well, you're in getting that. diplomatic in your old age. I know. And, um, <laughs> that's all I have. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Our last questioner is Assemblyman Ekes. Thank you, Chairwoman. Uh, thank you for your testimony today. Um, first of all, I, I agree we should do petitioning. I just think it's the wrong time of the year to be doing petitioning, but that's another issue. Um, Dustin, uh, this is for you. Yes. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you can register to vote up to 10 days before the general election. Uh, correct. Okay. We have nine days of early voting and one day off. That makes 10 days. So I have been approached by election inspectors saying we should uh, restrict the registration to 11 days before because those who come in on the 10th day to register then must register or, or vote rather via affidavit. Only if they're not registered to vote and not in the poll books. So the, this is what's referred to as golden day. I actually think it went off with a pretty good success in 2023. Uh, the legislature also uh, codified uh, Golden Day as well that the preferred method for this would be affidavit ballot voting. And let's be clear, whether it was 11 days or 12 days or any f amount of days before the election that are right before the early voting, there's going to be a significant amount of people that have to vote by affidavit if they register at the last minute because it takes time for the boards of uh, elections to process those registrations and then push them out to the poll books. It's not instant registration. No, That's I why realize I that. I realize that. But the election inspectors, and it's only been a few, have said to me they could do it within 24 hours. And it would save them a lot of work. I don't believe any board of elections could register uh, voters within 24 hours that late to the election. We're always running two to three days behind, and that affidavit ballot is a proper use because those are, are inspected and opened after election day under bipartisan review, and so I, yeah, only I the people who that. can vote. I, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. It was just trying to get them on the, uh, on the uh, polls I, I uh, in the book I understand. Uh, Erica, I got a question for you. One of the main functions, uh, first of all, I have a very active uh, League of Women Voters uh, group in my district, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, one of their main functions they consider is election registration. Okay, but what they're doing is having trouble getting into some schools to actually do that. Some schools allow them in, some schools do not. Are you, as the, the deputy director or as the head group here in New York State, doing anything to help them with access into schools? Uh, yes, yeah, that's a great question. Um, and we're actually working um, with Senator um, 
uh, Senator Mayer's office to work on the bill that was passed last year to um, create programs to work with students on pre-registration in schools. And so we've been working a lot with our local leagues on uh, how we can work to move that program forward and make it that much easier for younger voters to get regist registered uh, and pre-registered. Great, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, don't leave just yet. Uh, Assemblyman uh, Aranker, Assemblyman Roth. Thank you. Um, just a, a quick question. Um, I know we've talked about, you know, faith in elections, which I think is very Im important. Um, there's been a lot of uh, discussion and controversy about um, these express vote XL uh, machines uh, that were authorized uh, uh, by the state board. I don't know if, uh, on the election side, I don't know if any counties have actually uh, purchased them yet, but if you, I was just interested in your thoughts with regard to uh, those machines. So I'm going to defer uh, only because they are certified machines by the State Board of Elections, certified to run in New York State Board of Elections. Uh, I don't know of any uh, county in New York that has put those into the field yet, but I know many are planning to, or not many, but some are planning to, uh, and it's certified by the State Board of Elections, so I'm going leave to leave it at that, but I'll give it to the advocates on that. Uh, the league uh, currently doesn't have a position that would allow us to support or oppose the machines. I don't know if uh, the Brennan Center or this in action do. Uh, we, fair elections, uh, we're primarily or exclusively public campaign financing, and so we don't have a position on, on that. And the Brennan Center, similarly, uh, does not have a position in support or against these specific machines. Okay, thanks. And then, um, Ms. Uh, Wharton, just I, I, you may have mentioned this, but what do you think is the appropriate amount that we will need to cover the public fi campaign finance? Because I, 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 I would agree that, you know, regardless of how you feel, anybody feels about the program, that the amount that has been appropriated, you know, last year and this year is, if we get the participation that we're looking like we're on our way to getting, uh, it's not going to be sufficient. Uh, well, uh, we think that the amount that is, has been appropriated uh, in the governor's budget uh, is a good start. Uh, and we, of course, if you'd like to <laughs> uh, increase that, feel free. But uh, we think this is, uh, this is a good start uh, for this cycle. And at the end of the cycle, we'll have uh, data uh, that will inform or decisions going forward, but based on all of the studies that the Brennan Center has done and, and, and experts around the country, uh, we, we're, we're pleased with this amount. Thank you. Thank you for uh, all of your testimony today. Thank my colleagues for being here. This will, is going to conclude the local government's hearing tomorrow at 9.30. We will be having the environmental conservation hearing, which will be starting uh, first with agriculture and then moving to environmental conservation and energy. So see you all tomorrow. Thank you all for being here today.